0: What's up, PTB Nation? Happy 2021. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas. All rolled into one. Welcome back for Season 2 of the Parking the Bus Podcast. I'm your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinio, and I can't express just how happy I am to be back doing the Park in the Bus podcast here on a Sunday night, just how I always liked to do it. It's Sunday night. It's time to talk footy. It's time to talk football. And in this episode 16, which is the season two premiere, it's all things UK football. Okay, so a real quick recap of uh, some of the changes that have been made to the format of the Park in the Bus podcast. All right, I've made the decision, the executive decision, to split the podcast up into more than one episode because what i found in the first 15 i played around a little bit with a couple different formats and i like to talk about all the different all the different leagues and all the different championships going on around the world you know there's probably 7 or 8 that i touch upon just in the last season of the parking the bus podcast and rather than cramming that into a weekly what was intended to be a one-hour podcast and then um, grew to be a two-hour podcast and then uh, with a co-host and then now I'm back to doing it solo for the time being that doesn't mean it's going to stay this way this show will have a natural evolution I'm sure but right now it's going to be just me riding solo but I'll be coming to you virtually every single day with a park in the bus episode. That's because we're breaking it up this season, all right. So Sundays belong to football in the UK. All right. Here's how a tentative schedule for the rest of the week will go. Well, let's start with with the Sunday night show, which belongs to the UK. You're probably gonna hear it on Monday morning. Um in this UK episode we talk the Premier League obviously. We talk the championship. We talk the FA Cup, and the Carabao Cup when they come up. We're going to talk WSL as well, the Women's Super League, and we're also going to touch on the Scottish Premiership on the SPL. All that coming up in this episode. All right, and then tomorrow, tomorrow you'll get a Germany and France edition with possibly a couple other other leagues sprinkled in here and there week-to-week. But... It'll definitely uh, Monday nights will definitely belong to Germany and France, all right? Monday night into Tuesday morning, we'll talk Bundesliga 1, Bundesliga 2. We'll talk about the Poco when it's applicable. We'll also talk, obviously, Ligue 1 and Coupe de France, and all of the storylines surrounding those two leagues and their clubs in Europe when, when applicable as well. The next day, all right, Tuesday into Wednesday belongs to the Latin League's all right, and that is Spain and Italy, Latin European leagues I'm talking about. Spain, Italy, perhaps a little sprinkling of Portugal and Greece as well, but probably not because Portugal, you can hear all about it on my other podcast on Mr. Benfica. But here and there, I'll probably sprinkle in a little bit of Portugal news and definitely some Greek uh, Greece news when it's applicable. All right, that will be the Latin night, if you will, the Tuesday night into Wednesday and then Wednesday into Thursday belongs to South American football. Brazil and Argentina will be the focus, but uh, we'll, talk, we'll probably get into the Ecuadorian League as well this season. And, of course, we'll talk about the different teams in uh, Copa Libertadores, Copa Sudamericana. Um, that will all be covered on those Wednesday into Thursday editions. Sometimes it'll be when there is Copa Libertadores and there is Copa Sudamericana. You may see that drop on Thursday night, rather than on Thursday night into Friday, rather than Wednesday into Thursday, depending on how the the fixture list pops up for those matches. And then the week closes with a North American edition, okay? And in the North American edition, we'll talk Major League Soccer, Liga MX, um, Canadian Premier League, as well as the NWSL, the National Women's Soccer League. And when applicable, um, I shouldn't when applicable. Correct. We'll talk CONCACAF Champions League there, and I'll also um use that edition to run down and check in on the Australian, the Hyundai Australian A League. All right, that is what it looks like. Five episodes a week of parking the bus, plus any special episodes that may come down. So on a Champions League weekend. Or on a Champions League week, I should say, there'll probably be a Champions League and Europa League edition, hopefully. On the weekend, most likely, on that Saturday, would be when I'd be looking to drop that. Um, Copa Lib and Copa Sudamericana will be just incorporated for now into the South American night as the CONCACAF Champions League and... Um, U.S. Open Cup, things like that will drop into the, obviously, the North American episode. But that is the schedule I am looking at right now for this podcast for Season 2. I decided that we're not following the quote-unquote FIFA calendar, as as American soccer fans like to call it. More accurately, the European calendar that a lot of people want to see North American football adopt. But um, I'm following... I'm following the the calendar year as far as for seasons. Um, I'm following Comneball's schedule. Um, I just just to change it up so it's not the same as Mr. Benfica, to be honest with you. And um, one of the big big things going on this year i'm going to talk to you just for a moment about what else is coming up on parking the bus here in 2021 because this is the start of a brand new year 2020 in the rearview all right um surely a lot of the a lot of the spillage a lot of the the excess mess is going to spill into 2021 and we'll be dealing with it all year i believe and of course i'm talking about covid and its effect on football i'm talking about you know reduced crowds if crowds at all um, I'll be frankly honest with all of you right here, okay, on January the 3rd, 2021. okay, when we get back one year from from today, it'll be January the second. Uh, it'll be a Sunday. I highly doubt that the landscape of football in terms of stadiums and crowds, and things like that is going to be all that different from what it is right now. We'll see what happens with Euro 2020 this summer. Of course, Euro 2020 branded and UEFA's keeping the branding despite the, the competition being played in 2021. Uh, we'll see what happens with crowds there and if it remains a pan-European uh, tournament because I think that's going to be really hard to execute. I think the logistics of that are going to be very, very difficult in the current climate we live in and I do not believe that we're going to be miraculously uh, different come summer. I really don't and um, I'm really, to be honest with you, really discouraged and disappointed with people's uh, blind belief that suddenly just because so-called experts tell you so that things are going to turn around please someone taught me as a child okay when you want to know the truth you follow the money okay maybe that's because i grew up here in the united states And a lot of things are about money. But if you follow the money, you will see a lot of people are making a whole lot of money. I shouldn't say a lot of people. A very select (laughs) group of powerful people are making a lot of money on this pandemic. Okay, they're, they're selling you things you don't need. They're selling you fear. You're buying it. And people are stocking up on on items. <laughs> Just ask Amazon how they're doing, how they did in 2020. Ask Walmart, okay? Ask CVS pharmacies. Ask whoever you want to ask, okay? Yeah, the mom and pop shops struggled. The barber shops struggled. The gyms struggled. Football struggled. Sports struggled. But, you know, Facebook and Twitter did great. Facebook and Twitter. How many? How many social media uh, platforms have been launched in 2020? Take a look. How much money there is to make in that field, huh? Not to mention, like I said, the. Deli- I listen. I work in the logistics industry. I work for the United Parcel Ser- uh, Services (UPS). The Brown. Okay. We had a monster year because you guys keep buying stuff. Okay, and then and and all the power to you. I'm I'm all for. I'm all for consumer um, consumer spending, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it makes me very, very skeptical um, and in terms of believing that there's going to be any drastic change in the next 12 months. I guess that's my negativity for this episode. Hopefully, I haven't lost all of you, <laughs> those of you listening. A special hello to those of you listening on the Mr. FICA feed, of course. Um, No Mefica match to talk about this weekend, not yet, at least as the match was was abandoned after six minutes due to a waterlogged pitch today in the Azores against Santa Clara. And that match is scheduled to be resumed, I believe. I don't believe it's going to be restarted. I believe it's going to be resumed six minutes in tomorrow at the same time at noontime here on the east coast of the United States, 5 o'clock Portuguese Standard Time, 6 o'clock on the island of San Miguel where the match is being played. So you guys get Parking the Bus episode 16 instead of Mr. Benfica this morning. All right. So I'll just go over the international calendar real quick with you with what's coming before we get in to the English Premiership. Okay. In March, we've got... Some big competitions coming up in March. We got the UEFA U21 group stage of the finals. That's right, sixteen teams, I believe, are are in the UEFA U21 group stage. They will play all three matches within that international window in March. A very different format, but one that I think, if if successful, may be adopted going forward. To be honest with you, it gets it out of the way, and it and it and it it. It avoids prolonging the season for that many more players at the end because at the end of this 40, te- I believe eight teams will, will advance to the quarterfinals, which will be played in June. We also have UEFA and Comniball World Cup qualifiers coming up in March. And CONCACAF gets World Cup qualifying started in their ever-convoluted, uh, ever-more-convoluted <laughs> qualification system. We'll get to that when the time comes. Um, but the first round of qualifiers will kick off in March. And we will follow that action all the way to the end. This time around, the final round of CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers involves an eight team final round not a hex anymore it's an octagonal final so 14 matches will be required uh for the united states at least to qualify in the united states and mexico to qualify for cutter 2022 14 matches some other teams are going to be playing six more than that Um, for example canada will have to have played they're going to play six i believe in this first round And then they'll have to play another two in the second round. So that's eight plus these 14. It will take Canada 22 matches if they want to qualify for Qatar 2022. And I think that's a bit ridiculous, that disparity. But as Bruce Arena once famously said, welcome to CONCACAF. All right. And then in June, we got the UEFA U21 finals. We got Euro 2020 Copa America. We've got African qualifiers, AFC qualifiers as well. And we have the CONCACAF Nations League in June, in July. CONCACAF uh, will convene for the competition. I genuinely cannot stand, but I will cover it. It is the CONCACAF Gold Cup in July, and the reason I can't stand it is because it's the world's largest football money grab. It's it's completely, it's completely posing as a continental championship when in fact it's a very meticulously and a very um, it's a very carefully crafted, engineered tournament with certain matchups being made sure to be made to maximize. But what will the Gold Cup look like without without Mexico's fans in the United States filling every stadium? It'll be different, that is for sure. But again, it's outside of the the... It's, again, outside of the FIFA window. It's not in June. It's in July. So uh, the United States will not be fielding its strongest side, I don't believe, nor will any of the teams as players may not be at their disposal as European clubs will be in preseason mode already in July, especially uh, with a European with the Euro 2020 this summer. Teams will be missing players for early preseason. They're not going to let CONCACAF players uh, come play in what is essentially a joke of a tournament. It's a friendly tournament. Yes, it's official, but it is um, why it's why it's played every two years. Also, tells me it's nothing more than a money grab. It takes the prestige away. I'm sure I'll bash it all. All you can handle when we get there in July, September, and October. We have World Cup qualifiers. Plus, in October, the. The UEFA Nations League Finals in November, another round of qualifiers. That's international football. We also got World Club Cup in February. All right. In the spring, we've got CONCACAF Champions League returning. We've got the final rounds of the UEFA Europa League and the UEFA Champions League. All right. In the fall, we're going to be launching a new competition not us obviously uefa launching a third tier uefa europa conference league so that'll be interesting we'll get to look at that and see what kind of teams end up in that and see how that tournament will play out but that is what's in store 2021 for parking the bus all right let's take a quick break here and then on the other side we'll get right in to the english premier league from this week from the new year's day weekend all right, part of the festive season where matches are just are just completely uh, crammed in to such a small window of time, but it is why we love the Premier League and champions are certainly made and and losers are broken in this time frame. All right, there's a quick break. I am the Mr. Mike Agushtinu. You can follow the PTB Media Network on Twitter at PTB underscore media and on Instagram at PTB underscore media. Email us if you'd like for any feedback um, at Network at gmail.com. UEFA Euro 2020. This summer here on the Park in the Bus podcast. <laughs> and welcome back to Park in the Bus episode. 16 here on the PTB media network. All right, we are in England. It is the UK edition, and we're going to start, of course, in the English Premier League. And we're going to review some of the matches from this week. We're going to start our results back on Wednesday, December the 30th. Okay, we had Tottenham versus Fulham postponed due to COVID outbreak in Fulham's team. All right, so that match was postponed, but Jose Mourinho, of course, um, ever the, the entertaining uh, character. He tweeted a picture of him and his staff and some of his players in the team's lounge in their stadium at 6.15 p.m., uh, maybe an hour before the match was scheduled. Uh, To kick off and with their feet up and they said they still don't know if the match was going to be played and then he sarcastically said best league in the world. I'm sure he ruffled some feathers. I'm sure he upset some of the Premier League's execs and some of the sponsors of the Premier League no doubt but he's not wrong. Uh, This match should have been canceled a lot sooner or postponed excuse me a lot sooner but later on that day. Newcastle at St James Park hold the champions Liverpool in nil nil. Liverpool continues on a skid on Friday January the 1st New Year's Day at Goodison Park Everton drop a home 1-0 loss to the visiting Hammers from West Ham and I should say the visiting Hammers from East London it is West Ham United 1 Everton 0. And then later that day, the big one on on New Year's Day, Old Trafford. It's Man United two, Aston Villa one in a match where it just seems like it just seems like the media, the British media, cannot and the American media, basically any English language media that covers the Premier League cannot decide if Ole Gunnar Solshire is is a lame duck manager, if he's on his way out, if he doesn't have the quality to manage Manchester United, or if, in fact, Manchester United are title contenders and Ole is their manager, the difference between those two polar opinions is nothing more than a Bruno Fernandes uh, penalty kick, and um, once again, the the referee <laughs> came into play and United awarded a penalty kick at Old Trafford. Fernandes will convert it. United win 2 1 and pick up three more points as they continue to roll and climb the table. We move to Saturday's matches, January the 2nd, at the new Tottenham Stadium. Tottenham Hotspur 3. Marcelo Bielsa's leads United 0. So Mourinho beats Bielsa 3 0. And what was a virtually perfect performance from Tottenham Hotspur. And it's good to see them. We'll talk about them again in a few moments. Also on Saturday, Crystal Palace 2, Sheffield United 0. Brighton, Hove, and Albion come back from down 3-1. To draw 3-3 with visiting Wolves. Disappointing result for Nuno Spiritu Santo. And his 7 <laughs> His seven uh, Portuguese players in the eleven that day—they call them the the Lusa Armada, or the 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 Portuguese Armada. Lusa means is is a term to refer to Portuguese people in the ancient tribes of the Roman Empire, known as the Lusi. Uh, the Lusitanos or the Lusitanians that are the predecessors of the Portuguese people. And they called they call Wolves the Armada. And um, not much about Armada this season. I'm going to say Wolves are struggling. Yes, they're dealing with injuries. Yes, Raul Jimenez is out. And there's still no timetable for his return. But I had said at the beginning of the season, if you roll back to, to earlier episodes, that this was going to be a season where Wolves were going to have to Uh, decide if they're going to be one of these big teams that are going to push for the top six every year or if they're going to go back to a team that fights off relegation. There's no Europe this season for Wolves. So they had to do better than this. There's plenty of uh, football left to play this season. Not ruling out Wolverhampton Wanderers at all at this point. Um, They have a very, very quality side. But right now, results are not going their way and they're not where they should be in the table. And then finishing off Saturday <laughs> um the promoted side, West Bromwich, Albion absolutely shellacked at home. 4-0 by the Visiting Gunners. Arsenal with 4. Arsenal starting to turn it around. They had a victory earlier in the week over, if I'm not mistaken, double it was over Chelsea, if I'm not mistaken. Arsenal had just beaten Chelsea 3-1, beaten Brighton Hove and Albion. 3-1 and now a beat West Bromwich Albion 4-0. So so a three-game winning streak for Arsenal which is not what I want to hear being a Benfica supporter and Arsenal being our next opponent in the UEFA Europa League next month, but Arsenal starting to find their stride perhaps. We'll talk about that too. And then today's results at St. James Park again. Newcastle, this time not so fortunate. Newcastle won. Title hopefuls, Leicester City 2. Big result for Leicester City. And then the big match of the day. It came to us from Stamford Bridge. And you'll want to turn away if you're a Blues supporter because it is Chelsea 1, Manchester City 3. Pep Guardiola's side starting to look like Man City again, starting to look like the team that I once called, uh, that I once called the best football playing team on earth. Uh, not not much less than six or seven months ago, but um, a big result for Man City and a big day for uh, U.S. fans as Christian Pulisic lined up on one on one end for Chelsea and at the other end in goal US international Zach Steffen gets his Premier League debut we'll talk about that too when we get to that portion of this segment and there's one match left to play um, in the near future that's going to be tomorrow 3pm Eastern time uh, which is 8pm British time and that match will be played on NBCSN and on Universo and it will be Southampton hosting Liverpool right now. I'm gonna, I'm on Fought Mob right now, and I'm gonna click a draw as that is my prediction. And that right now is the consensus on Fought Mob out of eleven thousand nine hundred seventy-five votes. Thirty-eight percent say draw. Thirty percent say Southampton will win. Thirty-two percent say Liverpool. Liverpool need to win. Okay. Um, not only are they level on points with so Man United at the top of the table. Um, this will be their 17th match not their 16th match so united will have a match in hand as will the rest of the team uh, rest of the the pack chasing liverpool after this match absolutely must get three points in my opinion uh jürgen klopp's aside tomorrow when they travel to saint mary's to take on southampton all right so those were the results let's go to the talking points all right on this weekend, we will start with United and Villa, and are United contenders or pretenders? That is the question. And again, like I said, when running down the results, that the difference between contender and pretender right now for Manchester United is a couple of uh, Bruno Fernandes penalty kicks. It seems like wherever Bruno Fernandes goes, he's st- the team just jumps on his back. This is I never imagined this, but this is exactly. What he did at Sporting when he was playing in Portugal. He was on a bad team. And he just continued to carry him. Scoring insane amounts of goals. And and picking up insane amounts of of assists as a midfielder. He's not really a midfielder. But he lines up as a midfielder. He plays more as a traditional true number 10 in behind the strikers. And again he gets a penalty kick. Questionable one. But it was given. And he gets the penalty kick to decide the match. Um. The Red Devils were on the board first through Anthony Martial in the 40th minute. Uh, Traore leveled for Aston Villa in the 58th. But three minutes later, Portugal international Bruno Fernandes picks up his 11th goal of the season and his fifth from the penalty spot. And United pick up three important points. They draw level with Liverpool for the time being. And are they pretenders or are they contenders? That is the question. And only time is going to tell us this. Because when I see Man United, I'm sorry, I don't see a contender. And listen, I I grew up a diehard United supporter. I've, I've become a little bit disgruntled with the team and disenfranchised in the past, what, 10 years since Sir Alex? Ha- has it been 10 years? Maybe a little less than that since Sir Alex stepped away. And the team really lost some of its, its luster. Um, I felt... You know, I'm still angry about the way that this team quit on Jose Mourinho after he he had them going in the right direction. A lot of that due to the antics of Paul Pogba. I have not forgiven Paul Pogba. I will like United a lot more when Paul Pogba is wearing someone else's kit. I'm going to be... Brutally honest with you, I find it difficult to support a team who has that guy in their lineup. Um, Bruno Fernandes' arrival has has piqued my interest a little bit more in in the side. But let's look at their lineup in this match. Okay, here's how United lined up against Aston Villa. De Gea in goal. Uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka was the right back with Harry Maguire and Eric Bali uh, teaming up. At central defense, and Luke Shaw was the left back. Fred sits in the hole as a holding midfielder in a four-four-two diamond, or four-one-two-one-two if you want to call it that. Okay, with Paul Pogba and Scott McTominay on each side of him, and then Bruno Fernandes playing in that number ten role behind Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial. Um, I'm going to be frankly honest with you. And I'm going to be cynical. I see a lot of overrated players in this lineup. I'm sorry, United fans are going to hate this. Okay, this isn't the Man United that I grew up with. This certainly is not the Man United that that cleaned everyone out. This was not. This is not the obviously the '99 treble-winning side. There, there's just not that quality here. I'm sorry, Scott McTominay. In my opinion, not a United player. I mean, he's fine, but they should be better at that position. Even Rashford and Martial, for me, are not living up to the expectations. Um, they've been around a long time and should be a lot more dominant. Marcus Rashford is 23 years old, and a lot of people rate him highly. I'm, I'm not really that that confident in him. Um, I think Harry Maguire is one of the most overrated defenders. In the Premier League, um, he makes a number of mistakes, and he's he's the captain. Luke Shaw has never lived up to the potential that he was brought in under. Um, maybe I'm just overly negative on this because I really do not like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. As a manager, he was fine as a substitute, as a player in his career, getting that goal off of the bench. But as far as a manager, he's not my cup of tea. And I find it difficult to really like the way they're playing, okay? Um, interesting, the substitutions he made in this one. Remember, in England, only three substitutions. They, they're they no longer doing the five substitutions that just about everybody else is doing. All right, 65th minute, he brought on Nemanja Matic. Now, that's a player that's near and dear to me uh, for obvious reasons. And for clubs, he has support or for a club he represented in the past, and now at United as well. I, I'm a big fan of Nemanja Matic, but um, he is obviously in the tail end of his career now. But he came off the bench in the 65th. Daniel James came off in the 87th, and Axel Twanziby in the 90th. However, on the other side, Villa lined up, and Villa's one of the surprises in this uh, Bill is one of the surprises in this year's edition of this uh, Premier League. Uh, Emilie, Emiliano Martinez is the goalkeeper. They they would come out playing in a 4-2-3-1. Okay. Mar- Matty Cash, Ezri Consa, Tyrone Mings, and Matt Target are the four in the back. Two in midfield, a double pivot. Douglas Luiz and John McGinn with three attacking mids in front of them. Ber- Bertrand Traore to the right, The the um, highly rated and and quite talented Jack uh, Jack Grillish is playing in the number ten role, and he is the captain. And Anwar El Ghazi down the left, all behind Ole Watkins. Uh, very, this is a very good Villa team, and I think they're going to be around all season. I think they're going to be they're going to be pushing top six uh, this season. They're going to hang in there. I do believe so. They may not get top six, but they're going to be in and around it, and they're going to be. They're going to be getting results on on top teams, I think, throughout this season. No question about it. Now, my qu- original question, pretender or contender for Manchester United? I think I'll know that answer a little bit better in about a month. <laughs> um, if on February 3rd they're still keeping pace with with the likes of Liverpool and City and, and Tottenham and Chelsea as far as results, I know right now they're ahead of them, but if they're keeping pace in terms of the results they pick up, then I'll admit that United are a contender. Until then, I think they're just they're just uh, benefiting very much of a very inform uh, informed Bruno Fernandes as he continues to just carry this team on his back, and it's great to see. Don't get me wrong, and. Yeah, if Rashford and Martial and Pogba start raising their game a little bit more, and and you start getting more production out of other players, this team can be a real serious threat. But until that happens, you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait and I'm gonna wait and see kind of attitude when it comes to Manchester United. Now, moving forward, we look at Liverpool. Are, is Liverpool starting to slip? That is the question, and we're gonna pull up Liverpool here. As they get a nil-nil draw back on Wednesday at Saint James Park against Newcastle, not the result that the the not the result that the Reds were looking for, and now they have dropped points in three of their last five matches. Here's the last five for Liverpool. Okay, there was this nil-nil draw, of course. Before that, a one-one draw to West Brom of all of all teams. Uh, before that they had unleashed <laughs> they had unleashed uh a couple of uh, uh of major uh results actually picking up a massive 7-0 victory on the road at Crystal Palace and a few days earlier than that picking up that absolutely astronomically massive 2-1 win over Jose Mourinho's Tottenham Hotspur at um, at, at Liverpool, and the you'll remember that Tottenham went into that match at Anfield, top of the table, and Jose's team sat in, they sat back, and of course, this, this match made a lot of headlines because Jose told the press after that the best team did not win, and some people went absolutely out of their minds with the thought that a team with 30% possession could be the better team, but, you know, um, it was discussed by the commentators on NBC Sports as we see it here in the United States, and um, I can't remember now who it was if it was who the who the commentator was, but he says, "Listen, it may not be the way you like to see football played, but it is effective." And you, and if they did complete their game plan to a T, then they played well, and and he has an argument to say that they played better. United had better chances. Liver, I'm sorry, not United. <laughs> Spurs had a better chances. Uh, Liverpool had more chances. Okay, however, as the match went on, L- Spurs continued to retreat, and you could almost feel it was in the air when it was one-one. Okay, uh, Spurs got out to a one-nil vic, a one-nil lead, and it slowly evaporated, and then in the dying minutes in, after the 90th, we were in stoppage time, Bobby Firmino's header seals it. Three points to Liverpool, puts them back on top, and it was absolute heartbreak for Tottenham Hotspur, and it started a, a little bit of a, a exchange of words between Jose Mourinho and Jurgen Klopp, but it's all good, and it's all fun, and, and I like managers that have personalities. I have no problem with that. And coming into that match, Liverpool was on the back end of a 1-1 draw at Fulham. So, Liverpool inconsistent right now. They have three draws in their last five matches. Alright, their next match, as we said, is tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Monday, it's later today. And they travel to Southampton. Also, ta- speaking of Tottenham, we got Tottenham, uh, as you heard there, winning 3-0 at l- at home to Leeds. Jose is looking in my opinion for possibly the biggest accomplishment of his career. If it's a tall order, don't get me wrong, but if Spurs win the Premier League, this trumps anything Jose has accomplished to this moment, I think in in football. Why? Because it's harder to win the league first of all than it is to win the Champions League. And what I mean by that is you have to win after 38 matches. You can't get a, a favorable draw in the Premier League or in any league, okay? you got to play everybody. In the Champions League, when Jose won the, the the Champions League with Porto, yes, that was remarkable and unexpected. But let, let's remember a couple of things there. And I'm not just saying this because that's my rival club. But let's think for a second. Jose won the Champions League with the core of a national team that later that summer went to the final of Euro 20, uh, 2004. Jose, after eliminating United in the round of 16, my memory serves me correctly, Drew, I don't remember who their quarterfinal draw was. I know in the semifinals they beat Deportivo, and in the final they beat Monaco. Who gets that kind of luck? in the UEFA Champions League. Okay, who gets that kind of luck that you get to go through a team like that? You get to go through teams like that to win the UEFA Champions League, okay? It was a different era. It was a different time. It can't be compared to anything he accomplishes now, in my opinion. His winning the Champions League with Inter was impressive. He knocked out Barcelona, who at the time was the best team in the world and who at the time was thought to be unbeatable, of course, managed by Pep Guardiola. Um... And he did it by being Jose, by being ugly, by sitting in deep, by giving the ball away and forcing the other team to do something. Jose is very right about one thing. You make more mistakes when you have the ball than when you don't. So he's a, he's mastered the art of allowing the other team to make the majority of the mistakes. Okay, And this Spurs team is built... And is buying into his message. That is the key right now. If the if the results can continue to go their way, and I know they've dropped some points recently, so they've fallen from the top spot, but they're still staying within contact of of the leader. They're within they're within four points of first place right now. And if they can stay close like that, and if the and if first place is in their sights this team is going to continue to work hard off the ball defensively. They're going to continue to to plug in the, the passing lanes and to, to take away the shooting lanes and to sacrifice their bodies and stick them in front of shots. And they'll wait for their chances on the counter and on the set pieces to get goals. Nobody necessarily likes to play football that way, but when it works, players have buy into it hook, line, and sinker. And they're into it, you know, wholeheartedly right now spurs is buying into jose's game plan it has to result though if they start to run on a string of bad results i could see it falling apart um, obviously this podcast is called parking the bus so you can imagine that i'm I, uh, <laughs> that i'm pulling for jose to to continue to be near the top of the table i would love to see tottenham win the league i'm not going to disguise that i think it'd be great to have a new team win it a fan base that has been starved for so long from silverware especially from meaningful silverware i'm not talking about a league cup i'm talking about the premier league and you know they got that new stadium and it'll be something if he could pull this off. long long way to go though let's not get carried away But, again, like I said about Manchester United, if a month from now, Jose and Tottenham are still there, and they're still reaching, and we go into March, into the final seasons of March, April, May, with three months to play, and with the, you know, first place in sight, they don't have to be there, they just gotta be around there, then I'm gonna get excited for Jose, I'm gonna get excited for Spurs supporters, and... I'm really hopeful that this is a league that's going to go down to the end, and that we're going to keep having as many teams as possible within striking range of the top spot. We'll see how that goes. West Brom, nil, Arsenal 4, as we said, are the Gunners turning things around. Let's take a look at Arsenal real quick here. As I bring up my screen, I am using the Mob app. If you don't have Mob, go to your app store, whether it's Apple or or it's Android and just put in FOTMOB, F-O-T-M-O-B. Everything you need to know about the world of football right there. As uh, It's got tons of results. It's got news, transfer news, everything you can imagine. Arsenal in their last five. Now three straight after coming off of uh, two losses. So Arsenal with this 4-0 victory on the road at Albion. Uh, or at West Bromwich Albion. Um, in the previous round, they won 1-0 on the road at Brighton Hoven Albion. And the week before that, it was that famous uh, victory I talked about earlier. The 3-1 thrashing of Chelsea, who have really hit the skids. Frank Lampard's side is really falling. Um, Arsenal did that on the back of having been smacked by Manchester City 4-1 and losing to uh, Everton at Goodison 2-1. So, uh Arsenal three victories in a row, but only three victories in their last five. Let's take a look at this match here against West Brom. Arsenal would line up this way. In goal for Arsenal would be it would be Bernard Leno, and his r- four four two three one is the preferred uh, formation here for Mikel Arteta. Hector uh, Bellerin is the right back. Rob Holding and Pablo Mari are the central defenders. Pablo Mari, of course, part of the Copa Libertadores winning side last year. Flamengo um, came to to Arsenal from Flamengo. The Spanish center back, Kieran Tierney, is the left-sided defender. Double pivot in midfield, Daniel Daniel Ceballos and Granit Xhaka. And they play behind three attacking play, uh, three attacking midfielders. According to Mob. I don't know that the lineup actually lines up this way. But they got Bukayo, Bukayo Saka on the right. Emile Smith-Rowe in the center with Pierre-Emerick Obama-Yang, the captain, down the left. And Alexander Lacazette as the lone striker. And Lacazette in this one picked up two goals. Um, he would... He would have two goals in 90 minutes on the pitch, earning a FUT Mob rating of 9.2. Uh, another goal to Saka and one to Kieran Tierney, as uh, Lacazette would be named the man of the match here on FUT Mob. At the other end, West Brom, just f- wondering how they're going to keep themselves up this year, wondering how they're going to stay alive. It is, uh, it is a tall order to come up from the championship and to stay in the Premier League. But Arsenal certainly starting to turn the corner perhaps, and we'll see if they start climbing the table. Remember, they were down as low as 14th place not too long ago. We'll see if they start climbing towards the European spots, and who knows. Um, they're probably looking at the Europa League now as their best opportunity to get to the Champions League next year. So we'll see when when the matches start to pile up if they're going to start saving Saving players in league matches and focusing on Europa League it will be interesting to see. And lastly, of course, Chelsea won Manchester City three. We, I said we'd talk about this. Uh, historic in the in the sense of a, you have American versus American in a top match in England. Of course, Pulisic already at Chelsea, establishing himself, having a fair season under Frank Lampard. But goalkeeper Zach Steffen... Gets his first start for Manchester City, and I didn't think I'd ever see the day Zach Steffen played for Manchester City. So I, I'm I am quite um, I'm quite pleasantly surprised. I thought he was going to City to be loaned out, and he would always be on loan to somebody else. Um, and we know he he's had he's come back and forth between uh, Major League Soccer and the Premier League between the two city city football clubs. Um, between Man City and NYCFC, but uh, a good start, although it almost was a disaster in the first couple minutes as he picked up a back pass from his teammate, causing a dangerous free kick inside the penalty area, but was dealt with, and as the match went on, Manchester City just looked like the Manchester City of old, it's about time, you know, it's about time Pep Guardiola gets these guys playing his, his brand of football, it's been some time and they they really got off to a horrible start this year for their standards but this is another good result after having thrashed Arsenal just a few weeks ago and or just a few matches ago I should say they get a nice three goal cushion today um, goals coming in from I'm pulling it up goals coming in for Manchester City from from Gundogan Foden and De Bruyne. Hudson-Odoi had a late goal for Chelsea in the 90th plus two, breaking the clean sheet for Zach Stefan in his debut. Phil Foden was the man of the match for Fought Mob, And let's take a look at the lineups really quickly. Chelsea came out with Eduard Mindy. Um, in a 4-3-3 Cesar Azpilicueta was the right back with Kurt Zuma and Thiago Silva as the center defenders Ben Chilwell the left-sided defender in midfield 3 Ngolo Kanté anchoring the middle with Mason Mount to one side Mateo Kovacic to the other and in attack Timo Werner is the striker Pulisic to his right Hakim Ziyech to his excuse me Pulisic to his left Hakim Ziyech to his right and uh, that was the the squad that Frank Lampard sent out. But Chelsea with Zach Steffen in goal, as we just talked about. Joan Cancelo, the right back. John Stones and Ruben Dias are the central back, pairing with uh, Alexander Zinchenko as the left back. Rodri in the hole in front of the f- flat back four as a holding midfielder. In front of him is four attacking midfielders. Raheem Sterling to the right, Bernardo Silva and Ilkay Gundogan in the center with Phil Foden to the left playing behind the lone striker Kevin De Bruyne and again De Bruyne, Foden, Gundogan with the goals in this one. City look like the citizens of old. That's that's the, that is the message this week as big matches continue to come their way and um, you know they're gearing up and just like that they're right back in the race. So let's do this. Let's now go to the table This is the English Premier League, 16 rounds for most teams. Some have played 17. So we got teams with different amounts of matches played, of course, due to rescheduling and due to just the fixture congestion. And some teams just haven't been scheduled as many times as as others. But Liverpool lead right now on goal difference, plus 17. Uh, They have 33 points. United are second, Man United, that is. 33 points as well. One point back is Leicester City right there with them. And in fourth right now, Tottenham Hotspur, 29 points. Just three goals ahead of Manchester City in the goal difference column because City also have 29 points, as does Everton in sixth. You got three teams right now with 29 points, four points back. So you're looking at six teams separated by four points right now. Seventh place is Aston Villa. We talked about them having a good season for their standards. Uh, they've got eight victories. <laughs> they've got eight victories and two draws so far. Uh, good enough for 26 points, and they're ahead on goal difference of Chelsea and of Southampton. So Chelsea also on 26 points, as is Southampton, as is West Ham. Villa has a plus 13 goal difference. Chelsea plus 11. Southampton plus six, and West Ham plus three. So again. We can we can open it up even more and say that there are 10 teams separated by 7 points. In some leagues, 7 points is already the distance between 1st and 2nd. So this is a very, very exciting uh, table right now. Shaping up to potentially be a very, very classic and exciting year for the, the English Premiership. This year, 11th is Arsenal. 23 points slowly climbing, like we said. Also on 23 points in 12th is Leeds. Wolves are 13th with 22 points, like I said, not where they should be, not where they want to be, and they're just a goal better than Crystal Palace, who are also on 22 points, but with one uh, one less goal difference, I should say, they're at minus 7 goal difference, whereas Wolves are at minus 6, so they sit behind Wolves right now, and they're in 14th. 15th is Newcastle, 19 points, 16th is Burnley on 16 points. Brighton right now, the last team above the line. They have 14 points. Fulham have 11 in 18th as they are the first team under the drop zone. With West Brom in 19th with only 8 points. And Sheffield United in a dire situation. They are bottom right now. 20th place, 17 matches played, only 2 points. And it's not looking good for the Blades there at the bottom of the table. All right, that wraps up our talk for the Premier League this week. Take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the championship. You're listening to the Parking the Bus podcast here on the BTB Media Network, your English-language home of Copa Libertadores. Welcome back to Parking the Bus, episode 16. What I failed to mention in the last segment, Um, I'll mention it now because it applies to the teams in the championship as well. Next week, there is no league football. Next week is an FA Cup weekend. All right, so um, Liverpool's match tomorrow will be the last league match until January the 12th. We got FA Cup in full effect next weekend. And the same goes for the English Championship, the EFL Championship, which we're going to talk about right now. They have no matches next weekend either. So at the end of this segment, I'll, I'll read off the matchups for the next round of the FA Cup, which will kick off Uh, next week and then also midweek this week uh, real quickly we have the semifinals of the Carabao Cup and I'll, I'll review those and talk about them next week here on the podcast all right on the UK edition of Parking the Bus we got Manchester United Man City in the Carabao Cup semifinal and in the other semifinal we got Brentford taking on I want to say Newcastle, but uh, let me verify that for you just one more moment here. It's Brentford just beat Newcastle, actually. It's Brentford taking on Tottenham at Spurs on a Tuesday in the League Cup semifinals, the Carabao uh, Cup semifinals. So big opportunity for the club from the championship to try to get to a final. Tall task, though, having to face Jose Mourinho and Tottenham Hotspur. All right, let's look at the championship. All right, EFL championship, the second level of English football, but probably the sixth best football league in the world. All right, we're going to move the calendar back just a tad bit. We're going to go to uh, Tuesday, December the 29th. All right, we're going to start by looking at some results there. Uh, And on Tuesday, December the 29th, Birmingham at home to Derby. Birmingham, nil. Derby, four. Sheffield Wednesday, two. Middlesbrough, one. Huddersfield Town, two. Blackburn Rovers, one. Luton Town, two. Bristol City, one. Norwich, one. Queens Park Rangers 1. Preston North End two. Coventry nil. Rotherham 1. Barnsley nil uh, 2. Excuse me. That's Rotherham 1. Barnsley 2. Wickham Wanderers with the victory. They win 2-1 at home over Cardiff. Stoke City 1. Nottingham Forest 1. That, those were the results from Tuesday. Wednesday, December the 30th. We got Brentford 2. Bournemouth 1. And Swansea 0. Reading 0. Move to New Year's Day Friday January the 1st Sheffield Wednesday hosting Derby and Sheffield Wednesday come out 1-0 winners at home over Derby County. Saturday January the 2nd now and Birmingham City hosting Blackburn Rovers. Birmingham nil Blackburn 2. Brentford and Bristol City were postponed. Huddersfield 1 Reading 2 Luton and QPR postponed. Millwall 1 Coventry 2 Norwich 1, Barnsley 0, Preston North End 0, Nottingham Forest 1, Rotherham and Cardiff postponed, Swansea 2, Watford 1, Wickham 1, Middlesbrough 3, and Stoke 0, Bournemouth 1. The next match in the EFL Championship will be on January the 12th as we said so let's take a look at the table as it stands. Now. 23 rounds for most teams some teams have played 22 some have played 21 this is the reality of football in 2020 2021 top of the table though it is Norwich City they have 47 points from 23 matches second place right now Swansea 43 points those are the two automatic promotion spots if the season ended today and now in the playoff spots third place goes to Bournemouth 41 points uh, plus gold, uh, goal difference, excuse me, of plus 19 four better than Brentford, who are also on 41 points. They're fourth right now. Reading are fifth with 40 and Watford have 37 in sixth place and just outside the playoff uh, places seventh place is Middlesbrough they have 36 points Stoke City our eighth with 35 Barnsley our ninth with 34 Bristol City 33 in 10th place Blackburn Rovers 11 uh, 11th place excuse me 32 points Preston North End 12th also on 32 points but with a far far uh, lesser goal difference. Blackburn Rovers with a plus 11 goal difference. Preston North End minus one. They're probably not going to make that goal difference up. So they're going to have to get some points to to go ahead of Blackburn Rovers. Huddersfield is 13th. They have 31 points. Luton Town 14th with 30. Cardiff City fifteen, uh, 15th place. 29 points for the Bluebirds. Coventry City 16th place. 26 points. In 17th, Millwall have 25. 18th, Birmingham have 23. Nottingham Forest are next, way lower than they're used to being. They're 19th on 22 points. QPR, not that long ago, were in the Premier League. Now they are only two points clear of the relegation zone. Uh, Queen's Park Rangers, 21 points from 22 matches in 20th. 21st is Sheffield Wednesday, 19 points from 23 matches they're 21st and now in the relegation zone 22nd is Derby County 19 points with a inferior goal difference to Sheffield Wednesday so they are 2 goals worse than Sheffield Wednesday right now and that's why they're below the line and Sheffield Wednesday is above the line 23rd place is Rotherham they have 15 points and in the basement in the bottom 24th place is last year's league 1 playoff winners, Wickham Wanderers. They've got 15. Uh, They're last, but they can see above the water. So they're four points right now from, or I should say five points from safety due to their inferior goal difference. That's where the table sits right now in the English Championship. Let's take a look at the leaders, Uh, the goal-scoring leaders in the championship. Top of the table is well. There's two. So there are two go- on 16 goals. It is. It is Blackburn Rovers' Adam Armstrong and Brentford's Ivan Tony. Reddings Lucas Joao is right behind him with 13 goals, and Norwich's Timu Puki has 11. Dominic Solanke of of um. Bournemouth, excuse me, Dominic Solonke of Bournemouth has a nine and then a number of players with eight rounded out. Okay, so that is the English championship. Like we said, let's talk FA Cup for a minute and let's see what's coming up in the FA Cup in next weekend. And as we mentioned, of course, before we get to the FA Cup, Brentford is playing Tottenham on Tuesday in the League Cup semifinals. But the FA Cup will kick off round three next Friday, January the 8th, with a pair of matches, 2.45 Eastern time here in the United States. They'll be available on ESPN Plus for those of you that subscribe. A big one right off the bat between Premier League sides. It is Aston Villa hosting Champions Liverpool. In round three of the FA Cup, they'll be hosting them at Villa Park. And simultaneously at the in you'll have Wolves taking on Crystal Palace and another all-Premier League tie. Move to Saturday now. And these matches begin at 7 a.m. I'm not going to read off all of the kickoff times because they go from 7 a.m., our time here on the east coast of the United States, all the way to 3 p.m. But it starts with Borham Wood. Hosting Millwall, Everton host Rotherham, Luton Town host Reading, Norwich host Coventry, Nottingham Forest hosting Cardiff, Chorley host Derby County, Blackburn host Doncaster, Blackpool host West Brom, Bristol Rovers hosting Sheffield United, Burnley at home to MK Dons, Exeter at home to Sheffield Wednesday, Oldham Athletic home to Bournemouth, Queen's Park Rangers home to Fulham. We'll see if that match is played. Hopefully, Fulham will have resolved their COVID situation by then. Uh, Stevenage is home to Swansea. Stoke hosts Leicester City. Wickham Wanderers hosting Preston North End. Arsenal hosting Newcastle. Brentford hosting Middlesbrough. Huddersfield hosting Plymouth Argyle. Manchester United host Watford. And Southampton host Shrewsbury. Now on Sunday, we have uh, Barnsley hosting Tranmere, Bristol City hosting Portsmouth, Chelsea hosting Morecambe, uh, Cheltenham hosting Mansfield, Crawley hosting Leeds United, Manchester City at home taking on Birmingham City, Marine is home to Tottenham Hotspur, Newport County hosts Brighton Hove and Albion, and then on Monday, Stockport County. At home to West Ham United. Those are the matchups for round three of the FA Cup next weekend. We'll have plenty to talk about next Sunday night when we talk FA Cup when we get to the UK edition of Parking the Bus. All right, let's move now. We're going to go forward and we're going to talk about the women's game for a few minutes. We're going to the FA WSL. And the WSL does not play during the festive period, so they've been off since December the 20th. But let's go through the table right now. Twelve teams in the in the WSL. <laughs> top of the league right now, a little bit surprising, is Manchester United. One of the newer teams, to be honest, in the league. And they are top of the table with 26 points. Of course, they feature U.S. internationals Tobin Keith. Tobin Heath, excuse me, and uh and Kristen Press. They have twenty-six. They're top Arsenal are second with twenty-two. Chelsea are third on twenty. Manchester City now uh are fourth. They're outside of the Champions League qualification places. So three teams. Uh, have a chance at qualifying for the Champions League in the WSL. Uh, Two, I believe, automatically, or one, automatically, two, go into a playoff round. That's different than what it's been in past years. It looks like there's a slightly different format, perhaps, next year in the Women's Champions League, I believe. For the first time, the Women's Champions League will have a group stage, and that's why there's probably extra spots available. So as we said there manchester city are fourth they have 18 points everton ladies fifth with 14 points uh sixth is reading with 13 birmingham city are seventh on 9 and alex morgan's tottenham hotspur are eighth also on 9 points brighton hoven albion are ninth with eight points west ham united right now 10th on 7 aston villa 11th with 6 points and bristol city wfc are 12th and in the relegation spot right now with two points. Let's look at the top scorers in this competition. And the top goal scorer is Arsenal's Vivian Medima. Midi- She's got 11 goals and her teammate Jill Roord has seven. And Jill Roord has the same number as, as Chelsea's Samantha Kerr, who also has seven. And they're chasing uh, Vivian Medima. In the goal scoring championship in the Golden Boot. Caitlin Ford is next, six goals. She plays for Arsenal. Claudia Walker of Birmingham has five, as does Leah Galton of Manchester United. Ellen White of Manchester City has four. She's, of course, England's uh, star player last or two summers ago now at the Women's World Cup. American Tobin Heath is next with four goals. Ellen Toon, also of Manchester United, has four goals. And so does Lucy Graham, Chloe, and Chloe Kelly, Lucy Graham of Everton, Chloe Kelly of Manchester City, and then a long list of players with three goals and fewer assists in the WSL, on the WSL, excuse me, uh, Katie McCabe of Arsenal has seven. Bethany Mead of Arsenal has six. Caitlin Ford of Arsenal five. Jordan Nobbs of guess who? Arsenal with four. Arsenal clearly is the goal scoring uh, <laughs> juggernaut in this league, with so many players in the top in the top list of goal scorers and assists. Carolyn Weir of Manchester City and is third. As is, is sorry, she is she is fourth. With three assists, next is Aaron Cuthbert of Chelsea, also on three as is Fran Kirby of Chelsea, and Haley Ladd of Manchester United, and a few more um, are listed here with two. So that's where this league stands right now. Let's look at the fixtures. For the next round of the WSL. And if you want to watch the FAWSL, um, It's very easy to find. You just have to find ATA, ATA football. It's a free service. If you Google it. it's It's available for free. And you can watch these matches live. And remember when there is an international break. NBC Sports has been has been showing uh, these matches in the place of the Premier League, so it's a very exciting time for this league. And in my opinion, this is quickly becoming the top women's league in the world. And you can see all of the world's uh, top players are finding their way there. And it's 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 a very exciting time to follow women's football. And um, you can just see that the the way that it is growing. When the league gets back Saturday, January the 9th, next weekend. Two matches on Saturday, Aston Villa hosting Arsenal and Manchester City hosting West Ham. And then Sunday, the rest of the matches will play out. Everton hosting Manchester United, Bristol City hosting Brighton, Hove, and Albion. Reading hosting Chelsea and Tottenham Hotspur hosting Birmingham City. All right, let's move on from there and let's go to Scotland for the final portion of the show tonight. Let's talk SPL scottish premier league and it starts with a big one in scotland the biggest one there is in scotland this weekend match was played on saturday january the second it's the old firm at ibrox and it is rangers one celtic nil let's take a look here at the lineups for the two teams Rangers, the home side, would line up with Alan McGregor in goal. They're playing a 4-3-3. James Tavernier is the right back. Conor Goldson and Leon Balogun are the center, center defenders with Boma Barisic down the left. Three in midfield. Steven Davis anchors the midfield with Glenn Kamara to one side, Joe Aribo to the other. In the attack, you have Kamara Roof down the left. Ryan Kent on the right, and the Colombian international Alfredo Morelos as the striker. uh, Celtic, excuse me, would line up with Vasilios Barcas in goal in their 4-1-3-2 for their back line for Jeremy Frimpong is the right back. Christopher Ayer is the center back along with Nier Biton. Diego Laxalt is the left defender, the Uruguayan international. Ismalia Soro is in the hole playing as a holding midfielder behind Ryan Christie, David uh, Turnbull, and Callum McGregor. And in attack, Odsane Edward teams with Lee Griffiths. So it it is Rangers winning the old firm. This is, I think, the second old firm of the season. And the man of the match was Boma Barisic of rangers the left-sided uh defender had a 7.9 rating on Fopmob uh the goal would be scored by by McGregor it was actually an own goal so it was Callum McGregor's own goal that was the difference in this old firm derby but it does look like the power the throne is, is transferring in Scotland Celtic on the back of eight nine or I'm not even sure how many consecutive titles in Scotland, but Rangers look like they're going to run away with it this year. Let's look at the other results in the SPL this weekend. All the matches took place on Saturday, old-school style. I like that. Uh, Rangers, of course, 1-0 over Celtic. We just talked about that. Aberdeen, 0-0 nil, nil against Dundee United. Hamilton, Hamilton Academical 3, Motherwell nil. Hibernian 0, Livingston 3, Kilmarnock 1, St. Mirren 1, and Ross County 1, St. Johnstone 1. The table is as follows in Scotland. Rangers, top of the table, I said it. 22 matches played, 62 points, 19 better than second place Celtic. Uh, Celtic have 19 so they have three matches in hand they can reduce that to 10 points if they win the three matches in hand but they currently sit 19 points behind with 43 third is Aberdeen on 39 points and Hibbs are fourth with 36 Livingston 27 points in fifth place Dundee is 20, is, is in 6th place with 26 points, and that is the last spot to advance to the championship playoff. So the format in Scotland I'll explain in just a moment. I'll run down the rest of the table first. 7th, St. Murren with 22 points. Kilmarnock is 8th with 21. St. Johnston is ninth on 19. Hamilton Academical, 10th with 18 points. 11th is Motherwell with 17 and Ross County is in the bottom also on 17 but with a, an inferior goal a difference so now at the halfway point of the season and that's where we stand for the teams that have played 22 matches because there are 12 clubs they play everybody twice that gives you 22 matches and this is where the championship goes into two paths so the top six the top half of the table advances to the championship round or the championship playoff, as they call it in this particular league. And they will play each other each twice again. So another 10 matches between the top six to decide the champion, and then the bottom six to decide relegation. Again, it'll be 10 more matches twice against each other to figure out who will be getting relegated to Division I and who is going to stay in the Scottish Premiership. There is a lot of football still to play, but this the the season is is picking up pace and we will see how it goes as um as right now Rangers running away with it i've seen Rangers a couple times this season in the UEFA Europa League and and they look they look like they have um, improved greatly, obviously, and their manager is none other than Steven Gerrard. And what an accomplishment it would be for him to dethrone Celtic after so many years. We'll be watching this league every week, and we'll be checking in with it here on the Parking the Bus in the UK edition of the Parking the Bus podcast. Let's look quickly at the leaders in in Scotland. And the top scorer is James Tavarnier. He's got 11 uh, representing Rangers, of course. Kamar Rolfe has 10. He's also on Rangers. Hibbs' Kevin Nisbet has 10 as well. And then a whole slew of players with 8 and 7. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to do it for this season premiere of... Parking the Bus this has been episode 16 the first of season 2 the UK edition we'll be back again at, uh, we'll be back again next Sunday night into Monday morning with another UK edition where as i said we're going to be talking about the Carabao Cup and about the FA Cup plus the return of the WSL and of course we'll check in again with the Scottish Premier League I am the mister Mike Agustinio I'm signing off don't forget to follow Parking the Bus podcast and the ptb media network at on twitter excuse me at ptb underscore media and on instagram at ptb underscore media have a great week and i will see you tomorrow with france and german football french and german football a review of the weekend that was in those two countries and a look ahead at next week this has been parking the bus episode 16